you know, friends, uh, Prairie has had, and I've sat on the board long enough to know some of the best men in the world. And God has given them uh, a heart for him. And uh, I, I pray that what we have to say today, I'm not going to tell you too many doctor stories because that, that would make you sick. And, <laughs> but I will tell you that God is good. And that everlasting arm thing that we just sang and thought of, I just see how God's arms has been under this institution. Not just, just under it, but squeezing. And we praise the Lord for that. Let's just pray together. Father, as we look into your word this morning to think about your goodness and your love and your kindness and your instruction, I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would give us an anointing that would make this so clear and so understandable and so lovable. Thank you, Lord, for this honor, and I ask your blessing. Amen. G classroom is a very important classroom in, in my life. Uh, <clears throat> the years when I was a rebel here in the school, uh, I always used to watch my dear beloved, who is now my wife, Doris, coming from the girls' dorm on the pink sidewalk. <laughs> I was coming on the blue. And one fine morning right in front of this building, there was a nice ice patch. And uh, when, instead of looking to where I was supposed to be going, I was looking in this other direction. And I fell. I felt like, like everything. I hit the dirt just with face up. And the sad part about it was, was Mr. Maxwell, L.E. Maxwell, was coming in to teach us and he was right behind. And he saw me go down. He says, uh, have you had a problem with your vision? <laughs> I couldn't tell him anything. The next time I, I actually ran into Mr. Maxwell, I, I used to run for my exercise. Uh, that's how I used to try to keep in shape. Uh, and we would run up to the hill. Uh, and I was running with Bruce Simpson. Those of you who know Bruce Simpson, he ran with Bruce Kidd. Those of you who know Bruce Kidd was, Bruce Kidd was the first one to beat the uh, three-minute mile, I think it was, or four-minute mile. Anyway, we were running all we're worth, and it was a foggy day, and there was quite a bit of fog in, in Three Hills at that time. I don't know if it still is that way now, but there was a lot of fog, and it was early in the morning. And I ran into this sudden hard break on the road was Mr. Maxwell. He rolled off into the ditch and I rolled off into the other one. We had hit each other really hard because he was running this way and I was running that way. We didn't say anything that time. We just said, well, are you hurt? No, we're okay. He said, keep running. <laughs> keep running. And that, I hope, was the prayer of my life and, and the way I would live for the rest of my years that God has given me. Keep running. I want to thank so much the Prairie staff for three things that I'm going to talk about today. Uh, there's been three things that really have moved my spirit. One of them is music. And without question, music has been a very, very important part of my life. The music department in this place was, was the best. I mean, Mr. Head, Mr. Snyder, Fred Bird, you know, I can name Miss Deary, Miss Tommy Cattle. I think she was worried, but uh, uh, Bill Irwin, or 
big uncle Billy used to take care of me because I used to have trouble with my nerves at that time. And I thank the Lord for that music department. So it was music. The second thing that had a very much impact on me was the message. The message of God's word. Now, by the way, I'm not Ted Randall. I'm not going to give you a good uh, alliteration, but that's what I'm driving at right now. It was the message of the word. And Perry has not changed its message. And uh, we heard that just now. And then the third thing that has made a change in my life is medicine. So that's, that has brought about a great change in my life. So today I thought, just for a short few minutes, we are going to talk about some of those things that helped me become what I am. Uh, and this is what God's, to God's glory, whatever we have done is not but, but because of what we have received. And what I have received from Jesus Christ is my salvation. What I have received from my, my God and my Lord, my King, is purpose. What I have received from Him a new life and a perfect destiny. So I, I, I praise God for that. And in the time that I went here and, and in the part of the music department that was there at the time when I was here, there was a few songs that really, really spoke to me. Today I'm going to talk to you about three songs. Uh, now two of them are kind of ancient and so probably you wouldn't know them. Some of you will know them very well. And then the third song is going to come from the Bible. It's going to be Psalm 1. And, and you know the song that was written by God. And we're going to talk about that just a little bit. But do you remember when, when Mrs. Carter and, and Alice Wilson sang this song? I have made my choice forever. Tricks the world and God's dear son. None can change my mind. No matter. He, my heart, has fully won. Take the world with all its pleasures. Take it, take it one and all. Give me Christ, my blessed Savior. He is sweeter than them all. Sweeter, sweeter than them all. Sweeter, sweeter than them all. You know, I hear that sweetness in this morning's music that we said. The sweetness of our Lord Jesus. Do you know how sweet he is? It's very interesting that when Martin Luther uh, started the Reformation, his first sermon after he had given the 99 Thesis song in, in Wittenberg was from the Song of Solomon. And he spoke on this issue. I am his and he is mine. Why? Because he found in the study of the scripture and in the, what brought about the Reformation, the sweetness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Song number two. This is a song that I've heard the staff sing many, many times. And as a class, we used to sing it. And it became a very favorite song. And it is a song that I have sung in my heart and heard as I walked in the hospital or ran in an emergency or whatever. May the mind of Christ my Savior live in me from day to day by his love and power controlling all I do and say. And then the second verse, may the word of God dwell richly, richly in my heart from hour to hour so that all may see I triumph only, only through his power. And then this last verse is which 
I remember hearing Mr. Maxwell singing, Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. Remember that? He used to sing that chorus quite often. May his beauty rest upon me as I seek the lost to win, not to forget the channel seen, only him. I think we'd almost stop there and say that's probably enough for tonight. But I, I will spend a little time on the third hymn. The third hymn, though, is not, doesn't seem quite so warm, does it? Here we go. Let me re read it to you. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he doth meditate day and night. He is like a tree planted by the rivers of water and yields his fruit in his season, and its leaf does not wither. And all he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. And then to the bottom of verse 6, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Now let's just look at this quickly. Remember that the Psalms is the little Bible in the big Bible. The Psalms tells really, if you see it, it uh, from a theological perspective, of how our faith in Christ and all the things that he has done for us occur. And so it was Martin Luther who said, this little Bible must be understood. So I see in ch chapter one of, of the Psalms, something of Jesus Christ. And you say, what do you mean? It's about a man who's not in the council of the wicked, doesn't stand away the way of in the seat of God. Well, I don't know very many who are like that. Matter of fact, I've met none. But Jesus Christ, I have. And because he's sweeter than them all, he has understood what it means to stand outside of the sin of, of this world and was without sin. So let's look at it. Blessed is the man, or happy is the man. Now, I'm going to tell you something for sure. Everybody wants to be happy. You ask, really, when you get down to the bottom question, of all the people that, I were, that I've had to take care of and all of the women I had to deliver and all that kind of stuff, what did they want? They wanted a happy delivery. They wanted a happy outcome. They wanted to be happy. So the psalmist says, happy is the man who does not. Oh, negative. Three negatives. Tied to happiness. Yesterday I had the privilege of sitting in the, in the session on the, the commandments that was taught by one of the professors. That was amazing. I, I think that was so good that I would say to anyone who didn't come, you, you missed the best part of this whole event. It was just me. And she said, and, uh, and, and, and she said, here is how the law can make you happy. God's happiness found in the law. Happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, but his delight, his uh, enjoyment, his pleasure, his, his excitability is that God has set up for him a way to live and a way to walk and a way to reproduce. Happy is that man. You know, uh, the American people are struggling a little bit right now in terms of, of their politics, but in one of their, in their constitution, there's this word, an inevitable right, the pursuit of what? Happiness. 
God wants you to be happy. Now I know that there's a, a great uh, preacher in this world, uh, John Piper, who says desiring God is the great ultimate to find joy in the hedonistic faith he talks about. Well, he wasn't the first one that talked about it. Augustine said, our hearts are restless until we find our rest in you. And so we want to be happy. How do you be happy? You delight. 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 You know what I think of when I delight? I think of my marriage. I think of some of the best food my mom and me. I think of some of the great sermons I sat under with Mr. Maxwell or others. I'm delighted to have heard such great music today. I delight. It, it gives me my heart a great affection. It's interesting when we talk about an awakening that we as a church and individuals need, that in Jonathan Edwards' time, he talked about the awakening of a great affection. Do you love Jesus? And do you know he loves you? Do you really love Jesus? Not just a superficial, academic kind of way. And that's not how long. That's good to have an academic understanding of our relationship to God. But a deep, heart-driven affection. And this is where the love says, I made you my choice. I have made my choice forever twixt the world and God's tears. And we delight in it. And then that does something to us. Why does it do something to us? It does something that, in this way. It says he does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Now, the, this is not saying that you shouldn't have counsel as a Christian. This is saying that you shouldn't take counsel from the wicked. You shouldn't take counsel from the people who are against God and his love and his justice and his holiness. And so we are mindful of what God tells us. And we, he is our counselor. Prairie leans on God, and as long as it will, it, shall, it, it will be prosperous. When it starts leaning on itself, then there will be trouble. And we all know how easy it is to get into trouble with our self-life. So what shapes your mind shapes your life. So what shapes your life is what this love and delight is, is all about. I'm going to kind of fly on here because I'm running out of time. Let me get to the bottom of this joyful song. And he says, He shall be like a tree planted by the streams of water. I, I'm an old wood turner. When I get to the end of my career, I thought, I need something to do with my hands. I always loved wood. And uh, when I was here on board years ago, there was a, one of the staff members had heard that the trees up here in front were going to be cut down. And they were full of these gnarly, gnarly holes and gnarly uh, well, pieces of wood coming out outside. And then, so they cut them down. And he had a whole bunch of them in his backyard. So I take my little uh, Toyota and uh, after board, we need to go to the board at this man's place. And he, he and I throw these blocks of wood into the back of my car. And I see my car going more and more and more. Am I going to get back to Prince Albert? But from those pieces of wood have come some of the most beautiful vases. Now I recognize that those trees were not planted by rivers of water. But they were planted in, in the good soil. Because I understand that this prairie soil here in Three Hills is pretty good stuff from a farmer's perspective. They were planted and they produced. 
and they now are being reproductive. So what is it to be planted? The Holy Spirit plants me. I'm not planting myself. You're not. Prayer is not planting itself. God the Spirit is planting this tree. Not just to pick somebody else's fruit, but to be fruitful. This tree is a fruitful tree. It's not going, well, I'm going to be somewhere, a place where I can gain somebody and bring them into the kingdom. No. God has planted me to be a fruit. That the world may see that Jesus loves me. That may the mind of Christ my Savior dwell in me from day to day. And so it yields its fruit. And I'm so glad that I was able to come to prayer to learn that planting by the Holy Spirit and in His Word and the delighting in His Word has brought about some fruit and it's all to His glory. You say, well, give us at least one story. Okay, here's just one story. I was uh, at home and we had two Muslim doctors in, uh, Hindu doctors in, in our city at that time. And I had made close friendship with this one Hindu doctor. He was Dr. Sivasankar. He's now gone. And I was at home. I was not call. And it was somewhat in the late afternoon. I get this knock on the door. And here stands Dr. Sivasankar. And he had the, the longest arms in the world. I mean, they went way past his knees when he stood up. He, he just he was a good surgeon. That made him good. He had his long arms. And here he's standing, and tears are pouring down his face. And he says, Lord, uh, I just had to help a lady whose daughter, three-year-old daughter, ran in front of her car and is dead. And I have nothing to tell her, and I know you do. So I got in the car and said, sure, I'll go over there and I'll help her. She was still in the emergency department. And I went over there, and there was this mother holding this smashed, devastated, dead baby. And Lois turned and I talked to her, her name was Lois, and we shared, I shared with her what Jesus Christ could do for her. Not in the sense of, at that time it was to do with the death of her child, but not, not salvation. And two months later, Lois said, I'm going to become a Christian. And two months later, she talked to her husband. He never did really get on board, but that's fruit. That's fruit. And I can remember many other times, especially in terms of the maturity part, God, by His graciousness and love and kindness, would come and, and, and wake me up in the night. You've got to go to the hospital. Someone really needs you. And before the phone would ring, I would go to the hospital, and the nurse would say, how come you're here? Well, that's fruit. Are you a tree planted by the rivers of water? Has the Word of God become so rich and delightful for you that you just enjoy studying it, hearing good, good sermons, listening to the Word of God, good Christian music, you know, uh, and then being fruit, not gaining fruit, but being fruit. The Lord bless you. Thank you.